Thank you so much, Chantel. It was so great seeing all that God's doing in the life of this church. And uh, we love that hark in the room. You know, I have to say, that was very Hamilton-esque like, wasn't it? Yeah, we've got some nodding heads. You know, who's seen Hamilton? That's very cool, but that heart looks very good indeed. So make sure you sign up for that. Well, as Chantel said, and as um, General and I were talking about earlier, I continue in our Abide series. You know, interestingly enough, I, uh, I was online uh, looking at YouTube and some other bits, and I discovered that two other very large, uh, well-known churches are actually in an Abide series at the moment. Did you know that? Now, how interesting is that? It's not like I called the other pastors and say, hey, what should we do for Christmas, you know? Um, but I, I want to say this, this series is really important because God is clearly speaking to his church in this season. You know, uh, the enemy thinks he's got the upper hand. He hasn't. God is working in us and through us. And he's, you know, in many respects, he's getting us to a place where we are forced to, in some respects, to abide because there's something we can learn in that place, and God's got blessings for us in that. So I don't want you to switch off. This is a really important season uh, as we look at how we abide. And, uh, you know, last week, just thank you to Chris Lane, who did such a great job uh, looking at how we walk in the Spirit. And if any of you guys missed that, you can catch up online, the Vineyard Church, KDK forward slash talks. And um, next week, really excited, Denise. The wonderful Denise is going to be speaking and uh, finishing off this series. So, what have we got this morning? Well, um, I have to say, the Lord rather ambushed me this week. Uh, I love a godly ambush. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, when we, we, we map out um, a series, I have a vague, a rough idea of each week what kind of subject we're going to speak on. But um, I was, Wednesday, going to, to write some stuff for that, and uh, God rather told me to do something different. You see, I was uh, in my office, and I'm normally, when I'm in my office, I'm in front of my uh, computer and, and doing this, that, and the other. But I have two sofas in my office, very comfy sofas that I rarely use. But in my tiredness, I kind of looked over at them and thought, God, they look really comfy. So I went over and I sat down in my lovely sofa. And as I was just thinking about the talk that I was going to do, I looked over on the left, and there, I, have, I have some bookshelves. And a, a couple of books caught my eye, and uh, I pulled them out, and, and here they are. Uh, this one is called Many Voices, One Voice, and this one is called Breaking the Rules. I love Breaking the Rules. Uh, <laughs> this is by a guy called Eddie Askew. Now, Eddie Askew was the uh, director of the leprosy mission uh, way back, and um, I've had these books for a long time. Um, in fact, I flicked one of them open, and it says here, to our mark on his baptism, 10th of December, 1995, with our love, dad and mum. Well, that, we're almost at the 10th of December, aren't we? And uh, mum and dad, if you're watching this, apologies, but I don't think I've ever fully read these before, <laughs> up until Wednesday. Um, they've gone with me from house to house, from country to country, and they've wound up here. And as I looked at them, I pulled one of these out, and I started flicking through. And, I, and these are meditations and, and prayers, and I got to this particular section and it really struck me it was Luke 10 38 any of you know what Luke 10 38 is a bit of a quiz any of you online well, it's a story of Mary and Martha and if you ever want to read a story about how to abide I reckon that Mary and Martha is a rather good story and so all of a sudden God said I want you to speak on Mary and Martha and so that's what we're going to look at this morning because the reality is we can learn a lot 
from this story. And it's a wonderful story in how we abide. Why don't you get your Bibles out? Um, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, you'll be able to see it at home as well. And it's Luke 10, uh, chap- yeah, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. So why don't, you, uh, why don't we read this together? It's at the home of Martha and Mary. Let me read this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care, I love this, that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Anyone else said that? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Wow, what a story. You know, what better story to read as we enter into Christmas, hey? It is typically a busy period, isn't it? I mean, even with all these tier restrictions in this world that we find ourselves in at the moment, we do get busy at Christmas. Things seem to hot up. And, and so the question I want to pose is, how can we abide in spite of the busyness? How can we abide in spite of the busyness? And I find in my life, this is typically how it goes. I say, right, I'm really busy, but I've got to spend time with God, so I won't be busy. And then I find that I get busy again. Anyone else find that, or is that just me? It's just me. No one in the room is putting their hand up. Oh, someone at the back of the balcony. Thank you so much. And you know, why is that the case? Can I propose to you, the reason is, is because we don't know why we get busy. You might say, well, it's because I've got things to do. Mm. I'm not convinced that's the whole answer. And we're going to learn something about ourselves this morning. This is going to be, in many respects, quite a challenging talk. Because it's going to really challenge our motivations and why we get busy. But can I also say, this is going to be a very healing talk as well. A very freeing talk. And we're going to have some time for ministry at the end. And so I want to ask the question, why do we get busy? busy. Why do we find it so difficult to abide and be still at Jesus' feet? Now, have you ever, you know, when you say to someone, how are you at the moment? Or how are you? Oh, I'm fine. And what do they say? Just so busy at the moment. Just doing this and that. Have you ever said to somebody, how are you? And they say, oh yeah, I'm not very busy though. You just don't hear it, do you? I'm just abiding at the moment, you know, just taking a chill pill. I hope no one's taking a chill pill. I didn't mean it in that way. But you know what I mean? Most people say I'm really busy. But, you know, we are called to abide, and the problem is, is busyness can get in the way. So, why is this? Here's the great reveal. We can go back to the story of Adam and Eve to get an answer. Did you know that? It's because we hide. Now, what happened with Adam and Eve? They were abiding with the Lord, right? abiding with the Lord and all of a sudden they disobeyed God sin came into the world and what did they do they hid from God and they got busy what did they get busy doing well they got busy making some coverings for themselves that's one thing they did but you see what happened with the fall 
is that in different areas of our lives, we try and hide ourselves by getting busy. And so this is one of the reasons why we cannot abide is because we're so busy because we are trying to hide ourselves. And I want to look at three areas, okay, three areas where we hide ourselves and get busy. The first one is this. We hide from others, and so we get busy doing for others. We hide from others, and so we get busy doing for others. You know, our greatest need is to be known. Did you know that? Our greatest need is to be known, and yet our greatest fear is that we would be known. Our greatest need is that we would be known, and yet what's happened with fall and the sin in this world, our greatest fear is that we would be known for who we are. You know, there is a sense that we want to hide our true selves. If they knew I was like that, they would think about so and so. And actually, the way it manifests is that we get busy saying yes to people because we want to please people. Because we don't want to say, I can't, because what would they think about me? Now, go with me on this as we unpack this. You know, there was an article in Psychology Today. In fact, it was a few days ago. And the, the, the talk, not the, the, talk the, um, the paper was entitled Reimagining People Pleasing. Reimagining People Pleasing. And this is what it said. And we are often consumed with anxiety as we are perpetually preoccupied with our fear of others' disapproval. Even the people we are trying to please can pick up on it to the point where they feel like it's tough to connect with us through all of our anxiety and wonder if they are connected to a person or a series of fears. Now, what did Jesus say to Martha? Martha, Martha, you are anxious and upset about many things. I recognize in my life that I always need to be seen. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Hopefully we're in a safe place here. And online, you're not going to spread this, are you? That I need to convey a certain, I've got it sorted look. Because there is a fear in me that people will say he can't cope. I'm sure you're not like me, but I'm just telling you how I'm like that if they only knew that I can't do that, they'll think, well, flip. Well, he can't be that. He shouldn't be doing this. And what happens, you see, is I get into this pattern where I say yes because I want people to, be, to like me and I want to please them so they think better of me. Because deep down, I want to hide sometimes from my true self. And so I get busy. And in the busyness, I don't have time for God. You know, it wasn't wrong, listen, for Martha to do the preparations. It says they were the right, you know, she had to prepare. That was the, the issue. The story is not a right and wrong story. It's a, it's, a, it's a best and better story. And it's about knowing the times at which we, we should be busy and doing things, but the times at which we should be saying, I can't. I need to spend time with God. And Mary understood that. She understood in that moment the best thing to do. Yeah, there were th there's always things to do, isn't there? There's always things to do. If you say, I've got to do this and the other, you'll always say that because there's always things to do. But the challenge here is, can you say no? So you know what? This is who I am. Now, by the way, I'm not giving you permission to go to work on Monday and say, my pastor says I don't need to do anything. <laughs> That's not what I mean, you know? 
But you hear what I'm saying. There is something in us that's, there's a fear of being known for, for the things that we can't do and so we get busy doing it to please others. But let's not do that. Let's not hide from ourselves, from others, sorry, by getting busy. Let's be real with people. And this is the challenge during this season. We can wind up doing stuff to please others and we just run ragged because we don't want people to see the stuff that we're going through. You know, I had the privilege of um, speaking at the last Alpha, which was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and Megan and Mel uh, and the team just did such a, done such an amazing job over the past 10 weeks. And I was such, so wonderful to meet these Alpha guests who have not, you know, I haven't seen them at the church, but they've joined online during this period. And you have, uh, it's an amazing privilege to hear the testimonies of people. And you know what the number one thing that came up was? It's so refreshing hearing people being honest about their struggles. It's so refreshing because it gives me permission to say, actually, I'm the same. How many people are you doing stuff for that need the permission to say, yeah, I feel that too? Let us be open. Let's not hide from other people. Let's be real with people. Because I tell you, you'll stop getting busy. That's the first one. Number two, are you with me? Just give me a nod and a smile. Give me a nod and a smile at home. Good. Thank you for the wave up there. Number two, because we hide from ourselves. We get busy because we hide from ourselves. Um, I'll continue on some more self-disclosure here. You know, we've had a bit of a rough year, Steph and I and the kids. We had a leaders meeting a couple of weeks ago, and I mentioned to the leaders that, you know, Steph's had some bad health issues this year. She had an operation probably about six, seven weeks ago. She's fine now, but it's been a tough year. We've had other medical issues. Plus, you overlay COVID with that, which we've all experienced. And I know it's been tough for all of us. But, you know, I think that, um, if I'm honest, um, when I got to about summer, I noticed that I was just very distracted and getting very busy. And I noticed that when I stopped, all my anxiety came to the surface. All my fears, all my stuff. And so what I found myself doing is, is just getting busy because I didn't want to have to deal with it. Anyone else do that? You don't have to put your hand up, it's fine. Thank you. And so what we do is we get busy. We can't abide with the Lord because the moment we stop, okay, some of our stuff comes up. I wonder whether that was the same for Martha. I don't know, maybe. We don't, the, script, the, the text doesn't tell us. But I want to say, listen, it's in that place of abiding that God can deal with that stuff. As long as you get busy because you want to hide from yourself, you're stopping the Lord working in your life. Because we need to get to that point and say, Lord, I just can't deal with this. And I got to a point where I just had to stop. I said, Lord, you've got to help me. I just, I can't hide anymore from this stuff. And I stopped getting busy for a period of time and I started abiding, just like Mary did at Jesus' feet. And for some of you this morning, for some of you this morning, you have been going a million miles an hour because the moment you stop, that stuff is coming to the surface. Listen, it might work for a period of time, but it won't work for a long time. At some point, we need to hide, stop hiding from ourselves. You know, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They got busy to hide from themselves, didn't they? All of a sudden, the shame that they experienced, and they got busy trying to make them some garments. You know, I love it. God's like, I'm, you guys tried, but that's just not good enough. Let me go and get you something proper. You know? And that's like our work sometimes. We think they're good works. 
We think they're good works and they cover up how we feel, but what we sometimes need is, is, is the Heavenly Father to come, our Heavenly Father, and to give us a garment, a covering. Do you see that? You know, my biggest danger, if I'm honest, is not the seven deadly sins. It's the seven worthy acts that are there before me all the time. And I think the enemy's out to, you know, that's one of his ploys. He won't get you head on with a direct attack and give, you know, a deadly sin right in front of you. He'll get you away from Jesus' feet by getting you busy. Because the moment you stop, you realize that you need him. And you, do you understand? We need to stop hiding from ourselves and we need to get to Jesus' feet because actually it's in that place his covering will cover us up, not the fig leaves that we think will do the job. And number three, why else do we get busy? Who else do we hide from? We've looked at, we hide from others. We hide from ourselves. No surprises here, I'm sure, but we hide from God. You know, there was a book uh, written by an Anglican nun called The Choice, uh, and she said this, we fill our lives with activity to avoid facing what God really wants of us. Isn't that interesting? What did Jesus say? Mary's got the single thing, the better thing. What do you think God really wants from you? Does he want those seven worthy acts? Or does he want seven minutes or seven hours of your time? You know, we try to hide from God. Why? Okay, I'll give you some, uh, what happens to me sometimes. Um, It's because sometimes I think that I'm in trouble with the headmaster. Why did Adam and Eve not walk with God in the cool of the afternoon when they fell? Because what is God going to do? They hid in shame. But let me tell you, you can go to God at any point. Why? Because he loves you and he wants time with you. Don't let shame or guilt stop you from going to abide with the Father. Or maybe, maybe it's because you see God as some kind of tyrant, as I said with that headmaster joke. God is not a tyrant. Or maybe you see the complete opposite. Maybe you just see him as some kind of fluffy Santa Claus that just you know, gives you stuff when you'd like it. And so therefore, what's the point of going to God? I don't need anything right now. He's the creator of the universe, the creator of you and I. We have been created to worship him. And so when you have a right view of God, we say, I need to get into the presence of the lover of my soul. But you see, what happens is we hide from God and we get busy. But it's in that place of abiding that we get to know God. And so what three things can we see here when we get, why do we get busy? Because we hide from others and so we get busy pleasing people. We hide from ourselves because we don't want to deal with a lot of the stuff that comes up and so we get busy covering it over like those fig leaves. And we want to hide from God. And so we get busy. Just like Adam and Eve did out of shame and guilt. You know, you can come to God with all of your stuff. So what is the solution? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? 
It is difficult, but we can learn from another Mary. We can learn from another Mary. We are in the Advent, aren't we? We're, we're in the Christmas period. What about Mary, the mother of, of Jesus? We read in Luke 1.38. What does Mary say? I am the Lord's servant. May it be with me as you said. This is when the angel announces what's going to happen. I am the Lord's servant. May it be with you as you said. You know, we can learn so much from that line. Because when you abide in the vine, as a branch, you have to recognize that we are his. It's about a place of submission and a place of humility, saying, Lord, you're my God. Have your way with me. We need to start from that place of have your way with me. It's a place of relinquishing control. You know, we have become control freaks. I am a control freak. Hello, my name is Mark and I'm a control freak. But you see, the challenge of abiding in the vine is saying that God is in control. Until you get to a place of saying, like Mary did, I am your servant, Lord. May it be with me as you have said. Then we'll always find it difficult to abide. And we'll always get busy to hide. And you see, our submission to him is not a submission out of fear. It is a submission in response to his love. I think for many of you here and at home, the challenge for you this Christmas period is are you willing to let go and let God and say with Mary, I am yours, have your way with me. Because that will open up, open up a new season for you to abide. And so, you know, as I sat in my office, as I read this, I want to read to you a prayer that this guy had written. As I said, Eddie else asked you. I'm going to read this to you and then we're going to go into, go into a bit of ministry time. Lord, love can hurt. I feel the pain which Peter felt as he heard your question. Do you love me? But Lord, you know it. <laughs> you can see it. Here I am giving time now to reading and prayer. Every day, well, whenever I can. Sorry about yesterday. Uh, there was just so much to do. It seems unfair of you to ask, Lord. Of course, I love you. Look at all the works I do. So busy running hot with righteous sweat as I dash from one commitment to the next. And still you ask, Lord, what do you want? I plan and work and organize. My spiritual checkbook stubs can prove it all. I give my time, my mind, my energy, and in the evening, home at last, collapsing in my easy chair. I know I've done a lot for you. I can't do more to prove I'm yours. My love, but, but, but it's all there, Lord. I'm trying to show you. Lord, help me make a quiet place, a space where you and I can meet at peace, where I can sit and wait and listen. A calm 
where loving eyes can meet and interlock. Not frantic in hassle, a brief hand wave from passing cars, but in the slow contentment of two friends together. Maybe no need even to speak the words, I love you. You know I love you because I give you time. And then, Lord, when I plunge back into the busyness, it looks different because I don't need it to prove I love you. And I can do it with the joy that comes from having been with you. Why don't we stand together? Come, Holy Spirit. What we're going to do now is we're going to have just a time of ministry for us to respond to the challenge to abide with Him. Make a choice. Say, Lord, I give it all to you. And I'm going to come up afterwards. Thank you, Lord.